2: Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm Kim Waldo, CEO of the Cancer Support Community. The Wellness Community and Giltis Club have united to become the Cancer Support Community, one of the largest providers of cancer support in the United States and around the world. Our services are offered at more than 100 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. Well, I am a true believer in the power of music to inspire, enlighten, and heal. But even I couldn't have envisioned a group of oncology surgeons coming together to create an alternative rock band with the goal of breaking the silence about gynecological cancers. Yes, that is exactly what happened. The band is called N-E-D, which stands for No Evidence of Disease, and its six members are based in five different parts of the country, Alaska, Oregon, Louisiana, North Carolina, and one doc uh, straddling state lines by practicing in New York and New Jersey. N-E-D has released two albums, No Evidence of Disease and Six Degrees, and is releasing their third this fall. The band has performed to sell out crowds and is featured in the documentary No Evidence of Disease. Today we're thrilled to have on the show Dr. Joni Mayer-Hope, lead vocalist for NED and Karen Simon, producer of the award-winning documentary film. Dr. Joni Mayer-Hope is a board-certified gynecologic oncologist. She is the founder and managing partner of Alaska Women's Cancer Care. Based in Anchorage, Dr. Hope manages the surgical and chemotherapeutic aspect of women's cancer treatment. Dr. Hope is the Director of the Gyne Oncology at Providence Alaska Cancer Center and the Alaska Native Medical Center and also operates at Alaska Regional Hospital in Anchorage. Dr. Hope is dedicated to supporting women with gynecological cancers and raising awareness about women's health issues. In 2012, she founded Let Every Woman Know, Alaska, a nonprofit organization dedicated to raising awareness about gyne cancers throughout the state. She's also a mother, an athlete, and passionate about her music. Welcome to the show, Dr. Hope.
3: Well, thank you. It's a real honor to be on the show.
2: Karen Simon has worked extensively with Spark Media in the field, most recently as a lead producer of No Evidence of Disease, and as the Outreach Director for the GYN Awareness Campaign, What Every Woman Should Know. She previously worked on casting and directing talent for Soul of a People, field production, research, and funding for Partners of the Heart, and in casting and costume departments for Prince Among Slaves. In addition to her SPARK responsibility, she has produced educational videos for nonprofit organizations like Project Interchange. Karen works extensively with nonprofits on a spectrum of social issues and has created and launched several community outreach campaigns. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. So, Dr. Hope, you've got to walk me through how six doctors based in five different states came together and started a rock band.
3: Well, um, you know, the gynecologic oncology community is relatively small, and we have an annual conference of uh, the Society of Gynecologic Oncology, and in 2008, that conference was uh, taking place in Tampa, Florida, and the person who was the in charge of the entertainment portion of that was a doctor named Dr. Larry Maxwell, and Larry's a really visionary uh, guy, always thinking um, creatively about... about um, his profession and how to spread the word. And, and he thought that it would be entertaining more than uh, anything to have a rock and roll show for the people coming to the conference, about 2,000 people, comprised of the membership because he loved rock and roll music. This was purely to entertain. So he um, reached out to his friends who he knew were musicians and he said, please, please, please do this show. It's going to be great. And he got four responders that said yes to that. And then he sent out an email to the general membership saying, would anyone like to do this, to which he got two responses. And uh, that was me and our bass player. So so in that manner, the six of us were brought together uh, to do really a one-time cover show as entertainment for our peers. And at that time, I was living in New York City, uh, finishing my, my fellowship training in gynecologic oncology. So our first show, which was not as the band NED, but more as, um, you know, a fun way to build community and let off steam was a cover show in front of 2,000 people with 20 rock and roll songs. <clears throat> and that's how the six of us met. And we, we practiced on our own. We, we met in the uh, hotel lobby and a few days later we performed. And it was really, w- was really fun. And it was also, it got the wheels turning. Uh, inside of me thinking, you know, Music is so powerful, and these guys are really good musicians. I mean, these are these are great doctors, but they're serious musicians who, at some point in time, you know, let medicine take over from from music, and, and but music, you know, was clearly something they're very they're very very proficient at. So um, what happened from there is that I reached out uh, to Nemish who's our drummer, who is also in New York City, and, and we became friends. And I said, hey, what if we were to play original music? You know, what if what what would it be? What would that, what could that do? Could we possibly um, get the word out in a, in a really creative way? And we floated the idea to the other four guys who thought, mm-hmm. well, absolutely not, you're crazy, you know, <laughs> we're busy. But Nemish and I, thought it was a good idea, and so he managed to get us an audience in front of a small record label, Motima Records, the, and we, we went up there together. They're based in Harlem, and I brought my guitar, and I said, hey, we have a band of six gynecologic oncologists, and we would love to make a record. We're all in. Um, we're all enthusiastic about it, and let me just play you a few possible songs, so I played them some songs, and we got the record label interested, so once we had the record label interested, Nemish and I went back to the band, these guys, we were not yet a band, the other four members, and we said, hey, now we have a record label. Would you be interested mm-hmm. in doing this? And they all said, oh my gosh, absolutely.
2: Oh, so you guys so, did all the hard work, right?
3: <laughs> well, we, got, we, got, we managed to get the interest. So in that way, um, we got our first, um, our first album uh, with a record label producing.
2: So let me pull uh, Karen into the conversation. So, uh, Karen, how did you find out about NED and, and, uh, and what was your initial response? I mean, as a filmmaker, did you immediately think, oh, man, this is going to be a movie?
0: Yes. As a matter of fact, in a word, yes. And Joni referred to Dr. Larry Maxwell earlier, a GYN oncologist here in Washington, D.C., and the way this started for us from our end, rather serendipitous, um, Larry was at a School picnic with the director, the now director of the film, Andrea Kalin. And what do you do? What do you do? Oh, I'm a film, I'm a filmmaker. Oh, I'm a GYN oncologist. And Larry happened to mention, well, I kind of helped form this rock band called No Evidence of Disease. And they're coming to Washington. And it was like, what? This rock band of GYN oncologists? I mean, how do they have time for this? And it was just so intriguing, the whole proposition more so because of what they did as doctors and how they had the time to to be musicians and play around, you know, at this point starting to play around the country. So we decided to follow them. We We had a group. They all came to D.C. and we sat around a table. We didn't know them. They didn't know us we sat around a table, Joni, I bet it was for what, like four hours, and just all this talk back and forth and ideas, and Andrea and I and other members of, of the Spark Media team were just, our mouths were just hanging open, they are so articulate and passionate and clearly brilliant and devoted to their patience, and we knew then that we just, we had to make a film. We had to make a film. We thought this has the potential to expand on what the band is trying to do, and that is raise awareness about women's GYN
2: cancers. So, Dr. Hope, just quickly before we go to our first break here, but um, just logistically, how do you guys do this? How, how do you guys get together as a, as a band? How do you rehearse? How do you write? I mean, how does that work?
3: Well, you know, it's been a process, and now we've been together since 2008, so we know each other well, and we know our strengths and weaknesses well, and we know our music well. So essentially, um, the writing process is, is basically done initially remotely, where um, one of us will get a good idea about a song, and we will make a demo of that song on our own uh, turf, and then float that to... Uh, the band where it then gets decided whether that would be a good band song or not, if it seems that it would be a good band song, then it gets a better demo is made of it, and then when we actually get together, we start to learn it. But in terms of how we practice, what we do is um, we probably get together every two to four months, I would say, for a performance and when we have a performance, we come early, we rehearse. Um, you know, for hours, usually the day before, unfortunately, sometimes the day of. I can mm-hmm. tell you as a vocalist, that's hard. Um, and then we play the, the show and then we say goodbye. So we basically rehearse before we perform. And then if necessary, we, we do things remotely in between.
2: And you guys are writing a lot of original music that you're playing?
3: Oh, it's entirely original music, entirely Enti- original music.
2: And all of you write?
3: Not all of us write. Uh, I would say that all of us have creative input into the albums uh, and the songs. Uh, some of us do more of the writing than others, but it's, so, it's very collaborative, and none of us take ownership over any specific song. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. So real collaborative process. Um, uh, we're talking, this is frankly speaking about cancer. We're talking today uh, about a band called No Evidence of Disease and the documentary that, uh, that, uh, that followed them. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, with the group today, I actually, uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but, um, but before we do that, I would love to, uh, to listen to some of the music by, uh, by the band No Evidence of Disease. And again, these are all, you know, GYN docs, surgeons um, around the country from, from, from uh, six different states playing some terrific, uh, terrific music. So uh, we're going to take a break. Listen to uh, No Evidence of Disease. is frankly speaking about cancer. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
4: Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help support from cancer survivors links to research and clinical trials help with finances and access to care all behind you break Breakaway from cancer created by Amgen to empower cancer patients the cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from cancer people living with breast cancer often find it difficult to ask for help and many of the people in their lives want to help but don't know how during National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Cancer Support Community is proud to support Mealtrain, sponsored by Magnolia, which utilizes Mealtrain.com, a free shared online calendar, to streamline the process of giving and receiving meals for families coping with breast cancer. Help us reach our goal of 1,000 new breast cancer-specific meal trains this October. To learn more, visit Mealtrain.com MMT and enter the code Magnolia B, or visit us at
3: cancersupportcommunity.org. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azai, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare care process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day.
4: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community.
2: Welcome back to Franklin Speaking About Cancer. Today's episode is being brought to you in part by Amgen, Oncology, and Lily Oncology. I'm Kim Tibaldo, and today we're talking about the alternative rock band NED, No Evidence of Disease, and the documentary film in which it is featured. NED is composed of six uh, gynecologic oncology surgeons who want to make some noise and break the silence about gynecological cancers. With us today are uh, band members, Do- the, Dr. Joni uh, Mayor hope and film producer Karen Simon. Dr. Hope is a gynecologic oncologist at Alaska Women's Cancer Care in Anchorage, Alaska. She is anchored down in Anchorage, as uh, Michelle Schacht would say. She's also director of GYN Oncology at Providence Alaska Cancer Center. Karen Simon has worked extensively with Spark Media in the field, most recently as a lead producer of the documentary No Evidence of Disease. Uh, Spark Media is dedicated to producing films with a social conscience. Um, so, Dr. Hope, uh, gynecological cancers are often referred to as below-the-belt cancers um, what can when we talk about this category what cancers are they and what challenges do they present to you and, and to the medical community around diagnosis and treatment
3: well gynecologic cancers include uh, cervical cancer ovarian cancer uterine cancers fallopian tube cancers vaginal cancers vulvar cancers cancers called primary peritoneal cancers cancers that take place uh, in the uh, with pelvic organs of women, and basically those are the cancers that we take care of. The challenges for uh, detection, diagnosis, and treatment, you know, are different for each of those cancers. Mm. And there are a wide range of cancers. They require, um, they have different signs and symptoms, and um, so we we lump them together because we we're gynecological oncologists. But in fact, they're all very different uh, cancers that are coming from different. Um, causes, but uh, for example, ovarian cancer is one that we've heard a lot about in the media. And ovarian cancer is a cancer that's extremely hard to catch early because there is no good screening screening test. So I would say that one of the biggest challenges uh, facing uh, the gynecological oncology community is how do we do better detecting ovarian cancer earlier? So that because obviously, the more early you can detect uh, cancer, the better chance you have of a good treatment and even cure. Other cancers are really about education. Um, Endometrial cancer and uterine cancer very, very often present early, and if women know the signs and symptoms of those cancers, we can catch them, cure them, uh, often with surgery alone. And the most common sign of endometrial cancer is bleeding, uh, abnormal bleeding, bleeding after menopause, or even, for premenopausal women, irregular bleeding in between periods. Um, So, you know, part of our mission um, is to help people understand what, what, what the signs and symptoms of these cancers are so that if there is something going on in your body that you will, will find the appropriate um, guidance and help. So let's take Sorry. a minute, Dr.
2: Yeah. Hope, and let's, let's talk for a minute about some of these signs, some of the warning signs and symptoms that we're talking about? Because, you know, my understanding is that a lot of these types of signs and symptoms are, are things that women experience normally, like, like bloating and cramps and some GI stuff, maybe it feels like, you know, indigestion or stomach ache or other, other things. So, so how do women tell those kind of normal, you know, female symptoms apart from something that might be cancer and, and, and what should raise concern?
3: Those types of vague symptoms are the symptoms of advanced ovarian cancer. So bloating, uh, GI distress, constipation, diarrhea, persistent um, nausea, these are all symptoms that could be many, many things. And unfortunately, often um, people go through extensive workups looking for those other causes before uh, finally someone thinks, hmm, could this possibly be um, an ovarian cancer? So what I tell uh, women and also healthcare providers who are on the front line is that if, there, if you have a persistent symptom, something that is unusual or abnormal for you, then, you know, you need to look for what, why the symptom is, is, where that symptom is coming from, um, and not take uh, an answer that's insufficient to explain the symptom. And uh, trust yourself, know your body, and trust yourself that something isn't quite right. Uh, and keep asking questions, and, and that's not a very satisfactory um, uh, set of advice. But it is—it is really where we are in terms of early early detection for ovarian cancer. Unless we're quite lucky, um, it's very vague symptoms that you just have to be very body aware in order and to, are these, to follow up. Yeah,
2: and are these the kinds of things that that uh, that would be picked up on a an annual visit to your gynecologist? I mean, is that are those some of the things that? the doctor's looking for when you get your annual exam?
3: Certainly, a, a, a good health care provider would ask the general questions about the, you know, nausea, vomiting, bloating, bowel symptoms, p- vague pain symptoms. Um, and on a good physical exam, sometimes you can find uh, a pelvic mass that may be associated with these symptoms. Sometimes it's not that way. Um, so the answer is sometimes that would be... That would be something that would be able to be picked up, and sometimes it may not, mm-hmm. uh, at least on the initial visit. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And why do you think, Dr. Hope, that these, uh, these types of cancers don't have the same visibility or openness or awareness as, as uh, breast cancer?
3: Well, I think that's multifaceted. Uh, first of all, because there's multiple gynecologic cancers, there's not one unified group of, of women affected. Um, people affected by cervical cancer are, you know, by and large, in a different category than people affected by ovarian cancer. Um, so it's not like you we lump them together when we talk about gynecologic cancers. But in fact, the people affected by these cancers, um, the cancers are very different. So that's one reason. I think the other reason is that there's a certain amount of silence around talking about. Um, you know, women's pelvic organs that really talking about cervix, vagina, vulva, ovaries, you know, it's, it's not something necessarily that is, is easy to, to say, you know, I have noticed a bump, um, you know, on my vagina and it's not going away. You know, that's something that, that is, is really not easy to speak about all the time. And so I think part of, part of it is, is, is making these topics much more comfortable to, to discuss. And even by knowing that these cancers exist, uh, mm-hmm. is, is really the first step so that, you know, well, if there's some, if there is, if it's possible to get cancer of the vulva, then maybe a lump on my vulva that hasn't gone away is something I need to be worried about. So and, a and, lot of it has you, to do with just fundamental education.
2: And wouldn't you say though, that it wasn't that long ago that we also didn't talk about breasts in, in, uh, Absolutely. in polite conversation.
3: Absolutely. And we've learned so much from the breast cancer movement and, the. Uh, uh, the success with which survivors have organized and and uh, mobilized um, national resources. I mean, it's it's just been so impressive. And we we're starting we're starting a survivor movement with gynecologic oncology. It's growing. Mm-hmm. It's getting more powerful. Uh, you know, and we really see that through the band NED and through the work we've done with Karen mm-hmm. and Spark Media and and the movie yeah. uh, because we get to talk to survivors and women going through the struggle of gynecologic cancer and see that yep there is yeah. a movement starting here as well. And we really have learned a tremendous amount from, from breast cancer in that so regard. I just,
2: yeah, so I just want to run a short clip from the film um, that really illustrates how this challenge uh, plays out in real life. So take a listen.
3: with denial, there must be some mistake. Check the lab, check the name, double check the date. We bargain a while, as the clouds settle on. A week, a month, a year, I can't predict how long. I wish I knew about these symptoms. 10 months ago 12 months ago a
0: year a year ago I really did I, I really do wish that I I knew this and had this information I knew this and might not be certain so I really hope that they could come up with some form of like, screening or something
2: that that can help women because we don't know. So, Karen, you know, this isn't your typical sort of talking heads kind of documentary. What, What can viewers of the film expect to see in No Evidence of Disease?
0: I'm so glad you said that because, in fact, there really are very few, if any, talking heads. This is all about... Uh, Verite. We we filmed approximately 500 hours um, with patients, with the docs, with the band rehearsals in the operating room, and what they can see is they will see into the lives of people going through various stages of of these GYN cancers. We're in the patient's hospital rooms. We're in their homes. We're, we're in the operating room as well as the rehearsal stage and the concerts. And, and we take people there. We're very much out of it as the filmmakers. We are just flies on the wall presenting to you real life Situations, families, what they go through, um, their experiences, and we feature all kinds you know different women at different ages, because women need to know, this just doesn't affect postmenopausal women. This affects young women, uh, menopausal women, older women, and it also most importantly, affects their families.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we've only got a, a, a minute until the break, Karen, but cancer is really a broad and overwhelming subject. So what did you decide to focus on, you know, with the film? How did you really narrow that down? Well, we felt that that what impacted us most as filmmakers
0: was the stories, the personal stories of not only the patients, I might say, but also our doctors, the NED doctors for us in particular, and what they go go through, what their life is like in terms of being GYN oncologists. As Joni mentioned earlier, you know, the stress, the music is a real pressure release, so, we decided you know we can't focus on research and expect people to become totally engaged and want to know more. So we decided to take it to the very, very personal
2: So um, we are talking to uh, we're talking today about no evidence of disease. This is a uh, a rock band composed of six gynecologic oncology surgeons uh, who really are making some noise and breaking the silence about gynecological cancers. We are also talking about the documentary film, uh, No Evidence of Disease. We're going to talk um, a little bit more uh, about the film. We're going to learn about some of the folks featured in the film. We're going to hear about some of the stories. And I think it's important to uh, to emphasize really what Dr. Hope was saying about the fact that um, we are not talking enough about these women's cancers, these quote-unquote below The belt cancers. We're not raising enough awareness, and and, uh, we're trying to raise awareness so that women will really listen to their bodies, will really look for those changes, things that don't seem normal, Um, will really go and talk to their doctors uh, about some of these concerns because, in in many, many instances, we're finding that women uh, who are having some of these symptoms are being diagnosed with some of these gynecologic cancers. We have a lot more to cover in the show. This is, frankly, speaking about cancer. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
1: The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope.
4: Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the ASI Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia, Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community.
2: Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Onyx Pharmaceuticals, an AMGEN subsidiary in Bristol-Myers Squibb. I'm Kim Tibaldo. Today we're talking with Dr. Joni, mayer Hope, and Karen Simon about the rock band NED. No evidence of disease. Doctor Hope is a member of the band and a gynecologic oncology surgeon, uh, as are all of the musicians. Karen Simon is the lead producer of the award-winning documentary film by the same name. Um, Karen, I just I, I want to uh, you know just in this in the show today, I want to I want to bring the film to life a, a little bit because I do want our our listeners to have the chance to see the film and, and, and uh, you know, experience it themselves. But can you tell our viewers about some of the places they'll go, the people uh, they'll meet in this film? As we said earlier, this is not a typical sort of Talking Heads documentary, but tell us a little bit more about what folks will experience.
0: Well, one of the main things that we tried to get across in the film was the, the amazing courage, strength, and perseverance of the patients, of the doctors, and of the families, and we take you into their lives as, in as personal a way as we possibly can, and Joni can attest to the fact that she and I spent I can't even count the number of hours we spent together in all kinds of situations, whether it was at her kitchen counter or while she was doing surgery or while she was running or um, while she was rehearsing or getting, you know, picking out her outfits for the band uh, performance. But those are the places we take you. And we take you in hospital, uh, hospital rooms of the patients that we feature. We take you into the operating rooms where you see these doctors doing surgery and you know it isn't always easy to look at and in fact we cut out some of the footage that you know people just didn't oh uh, they kind of squeamed squirmed it um, but you see the intensity of the experience uh, between doctor and patient it really is quite remarkable you'll be in the um, you'll be in the little office before a woman goes into surgery and you'll see the doctor and the patient talking to each, to each other and in this case I'm thinking of dr. Nimish Negersheth and one of the young women we feature, uh, Samantha Hill, Sam was 32 when she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. She's in the fashion industry in New York City, and one of her colleagues said to her one day, honey, what's that Buddha bella you got going there? Mm-hmm. And she had quit smoking, and she thought, whoa, what is that? And that's how she ended up going to the doctor, but you'll see all facets of Sam's life uh, before, during, and after cancer. We take you to the beautiful countryside of Anchorage, Alaska, where Joni is. And into her world, there um, we take you into uh, um, at Tulane in New Orleans, where Rusty Robinson, Dr. Rusty Robinson, practices, and you're in there with his patients, and you hear one woman talk about she had not been properly diagnosed for ten years, and she talks about living in pain for ten years. We take you to a family in North Carolina, and you meet the whole family, the grandchildren, uh, the children, and, and the grandmother, whose name was Marilyn. Uh, Um, We follow her story for quite some time, and it's a very, very intimate portrayal of Marilyn with her husband, her children, her grandchildren. Um, And we also feature a woman in upstate New York who has the white picket fence and the porch, and who would know? Who would ever know? And she ended up having stage four Mm-hmm. Uh, ovarian cancer and we, we follow Kathy through PET scans and, uh, and everything, just her whole life for, for three years, for three years. So we really take patients. Uh, not to mention, not to mention, we are at music rehearsals and and uh, album recordings and on stage and backstage, and we're there when Nemish gets a call in North Carolina from a patient who has to be admitted to the emergency room in New York, and he's talking to the on-call doctor about what to do, and then you know two minutes later they're out on stage performing. So um, it's really, really, we take you a lot of places, and I think that's why the film has such an incredible. Incredible impact on people because you feel like you are directly involved in what's going on.
2: And so Karen, what was that what was that personal impact like for you and for the film crew and, and um, you know, we're talking about some intense emotional stuff you're really getting inside, you know behind the scenes with these families and dealing with, uh, you know, difficult treatments, difficult news, you know did, what was the impact on you?
0: Well, it was not only humbling, I mean it it just opened my world. Um, you know, every project that, that a lot of us do, you know, it, it, everything impacts your life in some way or another, but this was profound because these people trusted us and led us into their lives in so many ways and I'm, I'm really happy to say that a lot of them are my friends now I mean they're and I care so much um, I learned so much and it's not just me it's our whole team one thing I want to say so Andrea and I you know the producer the director we're women yes but we had men who were you know working the camera or working on the edit post-production and I'm talking about young men as well you know 20s and 30s, I cannot tell you how invested they are in this Mm -hmm. film and our engagement campaign about raising awareness about these cancers. It really is remarkable. But I think for all of us, um, you know, worlds have been opened up. And I would also say that we feel incredibly lucky and privileged to know the NED band members because each Mm -hmm. and every one of these six members, they're extraordinary people in many,
2: many ways. So, Dr. Hope, what, what was it like for you being followed around by a camera? Did you ever feel like, oh, geez, you know, what did I get myself into here? Or were there ever, you know, moments where you wanted the cameras to go away? What was that experience like?
3: Oh, many moments of, oh, geez, what did I get myself into, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I had a knack for getting myself into all sorts of situations, um, so, you know, it was, um, it was a really humbling experience and an amazing experience to, to be a part of the documentary. And, you know, as a band, when we decided to do it, we basically set, gave up, you know, any control over what the end product would be, um, as, you know, to ensure the integrity of the film. That's the way it works. We said, yes, we would love to, to be a part of this. And we, you know, know you'll do a great job and welcome to our lives, essentially. So having, um, you know, Karen and the film crew come and, you know, be at my house at four in the morning when I'm waking up, getting out of bed, you know, literally throughout an entire day down to, you know, putting my child to sleep um, and giving her a bath at night, you know. So it's really, you just sort of develop a sense of, you know, the more open that I realized the more open I could be, um, both with, you know, the good and the bad, the vulnerable and the strong, that, that the, the more they would get from the film. So essentially I really tried to just let it all hang out because I really had a tremendous amount of faith in Spark Media and Karen and Andrea, um, to, to do the right thing with the material that, that, that they got.
2: And and was there anything about the whole experience that uh, you know that surprised you?
3: Well, definitely the the I mean they had you know hundreds of hours mm. and they had to distill that down to, you know, to you know, less than 2 hours, even a 1 hour version. So and and do so in a way that you know, tells a story. So, I mean, I'm surprised every time I see this movie because I see something new every time. Every time I see it, I'm like, wow, like, there's this, that's an amazing little touch that they did that I didn't realize before. I didn't hear it quite that way before. So, and there's so many stories that get told and the order and thought that it went, that has gone into how the movie begins, how it ends, how they weave in the different stories of the survivors and, um, uh, both the pain of loss and, you know, the, the victory of, of, of surviving. Um, all of those things are just so carefully and thoughtfully and intricately knit together that, I mean, every time I see it, I literally am surprised by something new and, and more artistic that I didn't realize before. I mean, And I can, I can say that because I had nothing to do with the film in terms of its making. Um, you know, I, I was just lucky enough to be able to be to be a part of, of, of it.
2: And what did, you, what, what did you feel the first time you saw it?
3: Well, you know, I saw many versions of it. Mm-hmm. So um, the first time I saw, let's say, I, I brought the film to Anchorage and I brought the band to Anchorage and we um, had the opportunity to show the film and then play to a sold-out audience at a, a venue up in Anchorage and and that's the first time i really saw it in that form and it was with uh literally all of my peers um my family was there and my daughter was there and the band was there and uh and it was in alaska and part of the film takes place in alaska mm. and you know i i was in tears um when i saw it and you know there were parts of it when i wanted to crawl under my seat because i couldn't believe you know what I said or what I looked like, but you know, for the most part, other than those little <laughs> squeamish moments, um, I was completely stunned by the quality and the universality of the message.
2: And what has the reaction been to the movie? Yes, yes.
3: Overall, you mean the the reaction has been phenomenal. I mean, people who see this movie are stunned by it. Um, it's it, it's a very powerful film. It really, really tells the story of women going through gynecologic cancer treatment, survival, uh, the families, and what, and it tells the story of, of the doctors who take care of these amazing women in, a, in a way that's, um, that's sort of a window into the, it breaks down that patient doctor barrier and gives you a window into the personal lives of both the doctors and the women. Mm. And then, you know, through this unifying theme of music and the power of music and what music gives to, to the women and the families of um, of, of these amazing mm. women, but also what the music gives to the doctors who are in the band, yeah. and uh, so it's it really the music it sort of provides this this transcendent fiber, sort of that glues everything together.
2: Mm. It's great, great, beautiful, Kim, uh, if I could just beautiful way of putting it, it. Karen. We're just going to go to a, uh, we're going to go to a quick break. Oh sure. And then we're yep, we're going to jump right back in. Um, we are uh, talking today about the uh, the band No Evidence of Disease uh, and the documentary film in which uh, it, it is featured, and we're really trying to. Uh, raise awareness today about gynecological cancers um, understanding them understanding the signs and symptoms of these cancers getting women to really go in and get checked out when they're having symptoms and and really to listen to their bodies Uh, this is frankly speaking about cancer we are going to take just a quick break we have a lot more to cover so don't go away we'll be right back
3: I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Communities' Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare care process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day.
1: Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle coworkers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. Or visit us online at www.CancerSupportCommunity.org. That's CancerSupportCommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope.
4: Cancer, it's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer, created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
2: You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, and today's episode is brought to you in part by Millennium, the Takeda Oncology Company. I'm Kim Tebeldo. We're talking about the alternative rock band, NED, No Evidence of Disease. This is no ordinary rock band, though. It's made up of six gynecologic oncology surgeons based in five different states across multiple time zones. Their mission is to break the silence about gynecological cancers by making some noise. Um, with us, our lead vocalist and board-certified gynecologic oncologist, Dr. Joni Mayer-Hope, and the lead producer of the documentary about the band and its mission, Karen Simon. We're moving to the end of the episode. Let's listen to another a short uh, uh, excerpt from the film, um, and uh, we're going to take a listen now, and then we're going to jump in with our guests.
4: Yes, I want to see you. Look, you look all different. Look, where you at? at the back uh, with the shades and the heart. You look good. Rock is my favorite. I know. Are you okay with rock music? Because there may be rock music during your surgery.
2: So, you know, Karen, I was really. Um, inspired by Dr. Hope's comments about the impact of the film on patients, the impact on the, of the film on the doctors, on the performers, the band, um, uh, the musicians. Uh, uh, I'm sure you witnessed that, and you talked about the impact uh, on yourself. Can you just talk a little bit about that?
0: Well, the impact on the patients has been remarkable. They call themselves Nedheads. Those people <laughs> who follow the band, they're Nedheads. And what is very striking and comes through loud and clear is that the band considers themselves, what they say is, we're their band. We're our patient's band. They've also been called, the band has also been called the lightning rod for GYN cancers because it is more and more, it's a galvanizing force for the movement. It's very, very exciting to see things happening. And it isn't, I would add, just about the patients. It's about um, everyone in the patients' lives. Men are really, really into this film. I was very, very surprised about that. But our audiences have been comprised, yes, majority women of all ages, from teenagers on up, but a lot of men come too, and not just the spouses, but it might be a boyfriend or a friend of a friend, and the comments that I get from them are really striking. They are deeply affected by this film and what they see and what they see women women going through because, as mm-hmm. we know, usually a woman is the hub of the wheel.
2: So when a so, woman
0: is hurting, yeah.
2: it's yeah, tough. Go. Yeah, yeah. No, I think those are really important m- messages and I love hearing about. You know, the guy's really jumping in and and, and committing to the cause. And I know that, Karen, in addition to the documentary film, the full-length film, you also created a short film called What Every Woman uh, Should Know. Tell us just for a quick minute about that and what led you to produce this this additional film.
0: Yeah, this is a very important piece. It's a 16-minute piece, and it's on our website, nedthemovie.com when we made the decision to not include all the signs and symptoms of the five major GYN cancers in the film, because that that just wasn't the way we wanted to go, we created this piece. So it features the docs. It features the NED docs and their music and graphics um, explaining the different cancers, but it's really laid back. It's very approachable. You know, Joni makes some funny remarks, um, but it's a way that people can... In the privacy of their homes, on their computer, they look it up. They can find out the signs and sy- signs and symptoms of the various cancers, and then if they if they feel anything, whatever they can take action. And in fact, I can give you an anecdote about that at some point if you'd like as well. Um, but uh,
2: that's why we made the piece. So, Doctor Hope, tell us what's next for the band. How can People find out where you're playing, by your music. I also want to mention that all the proceeds go to the Foundation for Women's Cancers to support research and, and raise awareness. But our, if our listeners want to track you guys down and check it out, how can they do that?
3: Well, for the movie, you can certainly go to nedtheband.com and get details about the movie there. You can look on our website, N-E-D, sorry nedthemovie.com for the movie, nedtheband.com for the band. Our music is available on iTunes. And um, in terms of what's next for us, well, we just uh, recorded, started recording our third album. Um, we've recorded five new songs, that you are all really excited about. We're starting to perform those songs. And we've released um, only one of those songs, and that was with the soundtrack of the NED film. Um, we, we released a soundtrack uh, CD, uh, which you can get on, on iTunes as well. And one of our newest songs is, is as a bonus track there. But we will be it, uh, releasing a new album hopefully in 2016. And we're, in a, you know, performing in, let's see, Portland, in September 26th. And we have some other gigs lined up in uh, the coming year. So, you know, we're we're moving forward in that manner and we're... We've been doing a lot with Larry Maxwell's latest um, amazing brainchild, which is the Globathon, which is an uh, international effort to raise awareness about gynecologic cancer. Recently had the opportunity to play um, at the UN and be a part of a gynecologic cancer awareness health initiative there. So there's lots of really exciting um, uh, ways in which we're interfacing our music with awareness efforts and trying to really um, be the spark that lights the fire that's going to create the explosion of gynecologic cancer awareness throughout this country and hopefully the world.
2: Terrific. Karen, um, where can our listeners see the, the actual full film? Where can they uh, find what every uh, woman should know, and what can they expect from both of those pieces? Sure. From what every woman should know, I want to say it's available in English and
0: Spanish and Arabic. It's on our website, nedthemovie.com, as well as a ton of other information about GYN cancers and resources and a blog, etc. The film, which has screened nationwide in Regal Theaters uh, in February, which was World Cancer Day, It screened then, and it's been on public television, and now, uh, in September, it will be available on DVD, but also, it's uh, streaming on all kinds of platforms, Amazon and Hulu and iTunes, but just by going to nedthemovie.com, you can find out how to get it, and also, we have a Facebook page, as does the band. Ours is NED Movie. Joni, I'm not sure what the band's is again.
3: NED The Band.
0: NED The Band for their Facebook page. So we'd love to have more Facebook friends to continue spreading the word and getting it out through social media.
2: And, Karen, if if, uh, folks would like to know more about gynecologic cancers, more about the signs and symptoms, where they can go for information, resources, other links on the site as well, nedthemovie.com, are there links Absolutely. there? Yes, we have resources, a whole resource list there. We have a viewer's guide. We have
0: um, a whole section just devoted to signs and symptoms and questions to ask your GYN or your GYN oncologist. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of people writing right. in with their own stories. We have a story wall. We have a blog. So there's really something for everyone there too Perfect. in terms of getting more information.
2: Terrific. Excellent. Thank you, uh, Dr. Hope. Karen, I want to thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Thank you for inspiring all of us to make some noise about gynecologic cancers. uh, cancers. Um, You ladies rock on. Um, It's been my pleasure to have all of you join us uh, for Frankly Speaking About Cancer today. I'm Kim Tibaldo. CEO of the Cancer Support Community. I just want to mention to our listeners at the Cancer Support Community, we have a whole host of uh, in-person, online, telephone support services for people with all cancers, including gynecologic cancers of all stage of disease and also for the family members and uh, loved ones of people with cancer. So you can check out our website at www.cancersupportcommunity.org or you can call us at 888-793-9355. We have support groups, educational programs, nutrition, exercise, stress reduction, free of charge for people with all cancers um, at, at all stage of disease and for their family members and loved ones. So check us out at cancersupportcommunity.org. Uh, thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. And until next time, be well, do well, live well.